0: Hey, welcome to the Bethany All Access Podcast. My name is Wayne Brown. And Bethany All Access, it's all about strengthening and refreshing pastors and helping them become the best version of who they could possibly be. I'm excited to have Pastor Larry Stockstill and Pastor Joachim Lundquist with me today. We're going to be talking about breaking church growth barriers, just how to break those barriers. And so we're looking forward to this, and I'm excited to dive right into it. Let's go. I'm joined today by two legends in the faith, Pastor Larry and Pastor Joachim. Pastor Larry Stockstill has pastored Bethany for 28 years. He's also the founder of the Surge Project, which planted 20,000 plus churches all over the world And, of course, Pastor Larry Leeds, Pastor University, and it is him teaching 50 lessons from the 50 years of ministry. And, sir, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you're here. Pastor Joachim Lundquist is from Sweden. He's the founder of New Generation Student Ministry that has grown over 25,000 students. Um, Pastor Word of Life um, Church in Sweden for the last nine years, and it has over 3,000 members, one of the largest, the largest church in Sweden. And it also leads an international network of over 700 churches and um, speaks in 50 nations all over the world, a world-renowned speaker. And so thank you guys so much for being here today. Hey, we're talking today about breaking church growth barriers. And I think pastors who are listening to this are going to really be blessed by it because they're wanting to know, I think every pastor wants to know, how do I break these barriers of growth in, in my church? And uh, I'm really, we're really targeting churches of about 100 or so that are saying, how do I get to that next level, 200, 250, 1,000, whatever that may be. Uh, we did a little bit of research. The Burner Group said this, uh, the average church size in America is about 89 adults, and maybe this was done even pre-COVID, um, but only 2% of those churches have over 1,000 Um, churches a thousand people attending those churches Um, so we're really trying to figure out how do we begin to see church growth and so I have a few questions and one to just ask you guys what do you think about that Um, when we talk about church growth what exactly are you talking about how can we define that what does church growth look like pastor Larry you know I was with Dr. Cho
1: for 25 years before he died every year. And he taught us about church growth, the largest church in history, 750,000 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Cho said that church growth is a matter of faith Mm -hmm. initially. And I've seen, Wayne, that you reach a lid, the law of the lid. It's a limiting belief in your brain. Mm. And if you hear that the average church is 89 and you have 91, you feel like a success or 85 and you feel like a failure. And they're limiting beliefs, and faith blows right through those. It doesn't see those. Faith looks into the invisible. He called it the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. So I know Pastor Urkin will probably confirm this, but in my growth patterns over the 28 years, I found that I could set a goal at the beginning of the year, a realistic goal, but an achievable goal mm-hmm. if I stretch my faith, mm-hmm. both numerically and financially. And almost without fail, I hit that goal. Wow. Now I do 10 goals in a year in all 10 growth areas for my life, and I hit them. Wow. And I found that only a very small percentage of pastors ever set any goals, and if they do, they don't talk about them every week to themselves. Mm. That's a key in goal setting. So I don't think you can remove faith from it. A hundred is really not a big number. Mm. But it becomes huge in the minds of people because of the clientele you're dealing with and the limiting beliefs and resources that you have. But the first church grew to 3,000 the first day. That's right. And we say, well, I wish I had a miracle like that. Well, actually, they've been in the upper room agonizing. We're in the supper room organizing. (laughs) And I think if we connect, my whole first module of Pastors U is about prayer, faith, and fasting and believing God actually to go through. Then preaching is in the first module, too. I think those are the two factors I would give as the highest way of church growth.
0: Wow, that's so good. Pastor Yolkham, any thoughts?
2: Uh, well, first of all, what he said. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. Like always, I would agree with, with Pastor Larry and just draw from his wisdom, and I, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. I think that we live in a society and in a culture where we're, uh, we, we, constantly aiming for the one two threes and the abc's Mm -hmm. we're looking for methods Mm -hmm. methods of growth and methods of increasing and nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. it's just that we need to go back to the beginning and the beginning is all about the heart yes uh to me it's fascinating that the word heart is the second most used word in the bible Mm -hmm. second only to the name of the lord himself wow and you know it's all about the heart. The heart is where where faith grows. Mm-hmm. The heart is where our deepest motives are found. Mm-hmm. Heart is where dreams are planted and and where they are growing. And and many times as I speak to pastors who who are who are struggling with with growth above the the limit that we're talking about today, um, I just want to. Kind of find their heart, what is the motive? Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I ask them if you had ten, 10 times more people in your church today, uh, what would you do? Mm-hmm. How, how would you respond? What, what would uh, unlock with that? And mm-hmm. some people realize that hey, I just want growth for growth's own sake, mm-hmm. and I just want a lot of people mm-hmm. so that I can have one of the biggest churches around, right? And again, that's something wrong with the heart. But if you say, if I had 10 times more people, we could serve the homeless much better. We can plant, start better orphanages in Mexico. We could we could uh, uh, saturate the city with the gospel. You know, if you have a visionary purpose for growth,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I do believe that that will um, allow growth to come. Wow. However, if you do have a selfish motive of just growth for growth's sake mm-hmm. or for you to feel like um, more valued because more people are listening to you, then, then it's a heart issue that we need to deal with first of all.
0: That's really good. Wow, that's great. What do you think, Pastor Larry, are some factors that could hinder church growth? Um, you know, I think a pastor would say to themselves, hey, if I can grow, I would love to grow. But maybe you don't understand what's hindering um, people from growing. It's kind of like having a mm. smell in your home. Yes. And only you can, you you can't smell it, but everybody else can. Well, Uh, let's talk for a
1: minute about some mom and pop shop stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I was talking to a pastor not too long ago, and he went to visit another church. And a guy got up to give announcements, and his child got in the pulpit that little glass pulpit, and made faces at the congregation the whole time the dad was up there. Wow. It really just had sort of a mom-and-pop feel. Mm-hmm. I know some of the guys listening to us, maybe if you're at that stage, 50, 75 people, you think, this is really wonderful. We have a very close-knit church. We're mm-hmm. all so close. That's the problem, is that it becomes a, an overgrown small group. Wow. And in that, you let kids run through the living room. You let you don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, but but when you kind of get set free from the, we're just going to be a mom and pop, mm-hmm. and now we're going to begin to see what can we do to penetrate the lost people of our community mm-hmm. so that our members want to bring someone to this church mm-hmm. that they know they will get saved, they will hear a good gospel message, it will be short, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. going to grow with two and three hour sermons. Right you're pontificating. <laughs> and I think so they're limiting beliefs and they're also limiting habits that you know the whole mom and pop thing that we let a lady get up and lead worship because she's so nice and gave flowers to the front. And those types of things we we don't see those things. Right. Like you said there's a smell in the house that only you smell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I feel like that if we just had somebody that came in and said look I'm going to be real honest There's no sign out front of the church that you can understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no directions on how to get to the nursery. There's no, the bathrooms really haven't been visited in a few months. Mm -hmm. And some of those things that are there and have to be dealt with. And if a pastor will stop just praying and saying, Lord, I believe for 200 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just go to work, Mm -hmm. cleaning out things, putting Mm -hmm. things in order, you know, Jesus multiplied the bread when they sat down Mm -hmm. in Mm fifties. There's a component of order that precedes multiplication. And I've heard guys talk about the spirit of multiplication all my life. Mm -hmm. There's an order of multiplication. And Mm -hmm. when you do that, just put closets in order. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. worship up there that people don't know how to sing, just play a video from a church somewhere or whatever. Anything you need to do to Mm -hmm. put it in better order, Mm -hmm. children's ministry, youth, Worship, mm-hmm. all of those things. Now you're removing those things that are
0: stopping
1: you from growing.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's really, really good. Pastor Yoko, any thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, I think
2: uh, going back to the heart issue again, mm-hmm. that um, one really important thing thing I I do believe when it comes to growth and attracting people is that people want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. In the short term range, people want to be entertained but long term, we all want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's key, really. A church that Uh, claims to want to make a difference and trying the best to make a difference Mm -hmm. will always attract the right kind of people Mm -hmm. the people who wants to change uh, lives the people who want to see people saved the people who want to have the gospel preached all over the world so of course the theme of, of of missions local missions global missions and you know uh claiming constantly we're not just here for you to be in this church and liking it Mm -hmm. we're here to make a change we're here to make the world a better place we're Mm -hmm. here to preach the gospel of jesus christ so i do believe some of the pastors that want growth should maybe focus more on, on that element as well. Yeah. You know, the whole visionary aspect. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. I'm not here just to entertain you. I'm here so that you can make a change in your own world and we can make a uh, change together as a church. No, that's great. Yeah. Great word.
0: Really good. So where are, do you find growth can come from, Pastor Larry? Like if you were to say, hey, these are some areas that I would focus on to see growth to see that growth that people are looking for Uh, outside of the practical things that we were just talking about. But is there a specific area that you focused on during the time that you were pastoring that you said, I want to see growth come Mm -hmm. from this particular area?
1: I've heard it said that the church is a front door, a living room, and a back door. Mm. It's a foyer, a living room, and a back door. And the percentages are that the group that you get in the front door, mm-hmm. only one out of four are going to make it to the back door or into the actual mainstream of the church. Mm-hmm. Jesus said one out of four in the parable of the sower are going to become a committed, fruit-bearing disciple, which means if I want to grow 100 people this year in my church, I have to have 400 people who are new coming through the front door
0: Mm.
1: or I'm doing better than Jesus (laughs) and that's not going to happen. So guys pray and they broadcast, we're going to grow to this and that, but they have no idea numerically what they have to do. So if I need 400 people showing up in a year that are new to grow by a hundred, then that's about eight new people a Sunday. Mm. And if you ask guys, well, we had a couple visit two weeks ago, And yet they're wanting to grow by 500 this year. Mm -hmm. So let's just say that if we we think, how do I get them in the front door? I did family conferences Mm -hmm. for four weeks every year, and our attendance went up by 25%, which was about 2,000 more people. I would retain about 500 of those down the road. Mm -hmm. But that's where our growth came from, large series Mm -hmm. Or large events, big days, the power team came. Mm-hmm. The the heavens gates and Hell's flamed. Eighteen thousand people came forward, mm-hmm. but only a percentage of them stayed. So Rick Warren says, if you can grow even in small groups once a year by twenty five percent, you are you're going to add a large percentage of those people to your church. So, I, I, if I could say strategy. Always focus on how can you get them into the foyer of the church, mm-hmm. into the living room to experience what's going on, good worship, a good relevant message, mm-hmm. and an opportunity to get saved, and a back door where they can be discipled. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. And then you just plug in the percentages of what you wanted to grow and go after it every week. Wow. And that's a, that's a great way to just that's get started strategy. growing. yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's a great strategy. That's fantastic. Um, what about you, Pastor Yoakum?
2: Well, first of all, I could just listen to Pastor Larry all day. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But, but, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Wayne, asking the question, where does growth come from? The first thing that popped into my mind is sometimes from the most unexpected angle, I would say. Because a lot of times we've seen, as we had the aim to serve our city, that all of a sudden a new need emerged and we could see it uh, maybe it was a, a social problem, maybe it was a challenge, maybe an obstacle that the city had and, and we were the ones that could see the possibility inside the problem mm-hmm. or the opportunity inside the obstacle like many of you would have heard about the uh, the influx of refugees that we faced in Europe a few years ago from, from the Middle East mm-hmm. and uh, many of these people that came, hundreds of thousands, headed for Sweden, my nation, because back then we had very liberal immigration laws mm-hmm. and of course this was a a problem this was a social problem this was an integration problem but as a church we chose to see it as also a possibility Mm -hmm. to reach these people that we couldn't reach when they were in iran in afghanistan all of a sudden they were at our doorstep and we could reach them with the gospel Mm -hmm. so uh, as a church we just completely adapted to this brand new situation within weeks Mm. we put up a big banner on our church saying refugees welcome Mm -hmm. That did not mean that we were in, in line with the with the liberal immigration laws of our nation, but these people were coming regardless. Mm-hmm. And and le- that really left us with two different options. Mm-hmm. Either we could distance ourselves from this thing that is happening and complain about it, mm-hmm. or we could step into this situation and dare to believe that somewhere inside here, there might be a seed of revival. Mm-hmm. And we started receiving hundreds of Muslims into our church. Wow. And as we spoke to the Muslims and shared Jesus with them and and just loved on them, they started to tell us that we are not just fleeing the war. We're not just fleeing ISIS. We're fleeing Islam. Mm we're fed up with our own religion and and uh, with our own history and they were so much more open with for the gospel that we could ever imagine and to this day we have prayed in our local church alone with about 900 former muslims that have accepted christ we have started a bible school for former muslims and we have now graduated over 500 people and I got so many church members named Muhammad now <laughs> and Ahmed. Yes. I, I don't hardly, hardly know what to do with them all. And I, I didn't see this coming. This was just something that, that happened in society. And thank God that we were given the grace to open up and, and see the possibility in this situation. So now on a Sunday morning, I look back at my church worshiping and I see all these sons and daughters of Ishmael. And I know that five, six years ago they were bowing down toward Mecca, worshiping Allah. And here they are, hands raised, tears of joy flowing down their face, worshiping the Lamb that was slain. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just thank God that when an unusual opportunity arose, we we were given the grace to step into that. Mm-hmm. And I actually, of course, wanna wanna give that as an advice to any pastor. Look at your own local needs. Where is the church needed the most? Where's the love of Jesus needed the most? Is there a group of people somewhere that nobody else sees or cares about where you can step in and you can care about them, you can love them? Maybe God is about to give you church growth from the most unusual angle.
0: Mm, That's awesome. And it's just a thing that it was unexpected, like you said, like you had no idea that that was going to happen, but it happened.
2: It happened, and only the Holy Spirit knew. And I do believe that that's why we need to be led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. We need to have our hearts open. Mm -hmm. I I clearly remember when we heard the news about these refugees coming Mm. and realizing they would be in Sweden in in about a week's time. Mm. I I pulled my pastors aside. We we had a day of prayer and fasting, and God spoke to us, and He said this uh, prophetically to us, Do you want to build a church of fear or a church of faith? And that was the key issue, is that mm-hmm. we, we want to see with the eyes of faith in this situation, mm-hmm. not just see the negative aspects of it and complain about it, even though, of course, we were imported, importing truckload of social problems. There is no question about that. Mm-hmm. But inside this seemingly complicated and, and negative situation, there was also this seed of revival. Mm-hmm. And, and for that, for us to see that as leaders, we need the eyes of faith, mm-hmm. and we need to yield to the Holy Spirit daily.
0: That's incredible. Two other questions before we're done. Uh, pastor Larry, what is, how quickly should a church grow? Like what's healthy for, for church growth? Is there, mm-hmm. is there something that, should, could you grow too fast? Or how would a pastor say, uh, how would he monitor what church growth looks like for them and be able to say, this is a good healthy growth uh, status for me?
1: Yeah. 12% a year is healthy growth. If a person, if a church is growing twelve percent a year, they say that that is healthy growth. Mm-hmm. Of course, when it comes to money, nobody ever wonders how how healthy is it to have more money.
0: <laughs> right, right, <laughs> That's right. True.
1: At what point can we have more money? Everybody listening to this wants to have more resources with which to reach. So, when we're not saying that, hey, ask the Lord to slow it down. He'll send, like He did with come. <laughs> Muslims, he'll sin. You have to be open to who he sends, by yeah. the way. I would like to just say that I remember Randy Bazette uh, told me he was in an elementary school, had 60 people after a year. Mm. And he really thought he was failing as a church plant. Mm. And he remembers the day he looked up to heaven and said to the Lord, Lord, forgive me for being so discontented with my 60 let me be the best pastor mm. of sixty people the world has ever seen. Wow. The following Sunday he had a hundred. Mm. He did nothing different. No tap dance, no special speaker. He just said, Lord, and I thought about Charles Spurgeon. Someone was whining about the fact they only had 50 people. Mm. Spurgeon said that should be enough to give an account of in the day of judgment. Mm. You know, on the plane I fly on, the pilot has about 50 or 60 people, but they call them souls. That's right. They don't call them passengers. Mm -hmm. But that pilot, that pastor listening right now, you're a pilot, and you've got a group of souls on board, and your job is to get them to heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think if we just say, thank you, Lord, Daddy did not, when we had 12 in the living room, and he started Bethany. He was as happy, <laughs> and it grew to twenty five. And the fa- the look on the face of the pastor has a lot to do with church growth. Mm. If you look like you're weaned on a dill pickle, <laughs> as we say,
0: <laughs>
1: who wants to be there anyway? Mm. One poor pastor in our area was so long faced <laughs> because every Protestant left, he lost part of his tithe or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But nobody wanted to stay around. He looked so sad. Finally, his church completely emptied and came to Bethany, and he quit and came to Bethany, too, Mm. and got happy. Mm. So I would say to the pastors, listen, we do want to break 100, but we want to be the best pastor of 57 because 57 souls on a plane is not a small thing for us to be pilot of. Let's do believe God for breaking through, but let's keep our joy, our mental health. Mm. When you got so many pastors resigning, leaving, quitting, failing. Yes. Keep hanging in there, brother, like we say, like a hair in a biscuit. Keep hanging in there Mm -hmm. and serving the Lord, and you will see one plants, another waters, but God will give the increase.
0: So good. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so good. So good. Last question, Pastor Yolkham. What type of growth should pastors look for? Is there a specific area they should be looking for growth in? Should it be weekend attendance or maybe small group attendance or anything like that? Any kind of focus that they should be looking for in growth?
2: Well, Pastor, when going back to where we started, I I would say uh, primarily it should all be about visionary growth. Mm -hmm. What has God asked you to do? what what has god ordained you to do what is the purpose of this church mm-hmm. uh, what are you set on this in this uh, world to do why what is the main purpose and uh, I do believe that we're living, in again, in such a time and age that we always count the results in numbers. And Mm -hmm. I'm not against that. Of course, Jesus is saying that we should preach the gospel in the whole world. We should make disciples of all men. Of course, that includes growth. Mm -hmm. But still, the the main growth, as clearly seen in the Bible, is is just that the will of God uh, Mm -hmm. takes place. Mm -hmm. And whatever God called you to do, be happy about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I do love the fact that, just an, as an example, that we are not placed in this world as like 50-year-old uh, people and, and that we live uh, out the rest of our lives in that same stage. We are placed here as small babies and then we grow. Mm-hmm. and. In, in human growth, it's there's no frustration involved. Mm-hmm. You know, a baby shouldn't be frustrated because he's not 35 yet. You know, <laughs> there's a there's a beauty in all seasons, as mm-hmm. said in Ecclesiastes. And I do believe that also as pastors and leaders, we should be able to see the beauty and the joy in the journey, mm-hmm. the beauty in every single season. It doesn't mean that God will allow you to just stay there and, re- and remain there. Mm-hmm. And it does an excuse for you not to take care of problems that might hinder growth. But still, there is a beauty. There is a joy in the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and the joy is found here and now. Mm-hmm. Not only when I get, you know, 10 times as many people on my, on my Sundays, Sunday services. And, and just that contentment mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean that I'm, uh, I'm going to stop here. But there is a beauty in this season. And just allow yourself to feel that. Know that God is with you where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And even though you will grow and and you will uh, break boundaries, he is with you now. He's happy with you now. He's for you now. And there's a beauty and a joy where you are right now. Oh,
0: that's great. That's so great. I think this is going to encourage somebody. This, yes. is, this, is, this is encouraging me. And um, Pastor Larry, will you pray for us? I know there's some pastor that is listening to this right now, and this has encouraged them. This is building their faith, and I believe it's giving them also strategy um, for growth. And so, Pastor, will you pray for them right now?
1: I'll pray for the Lord to give them health, first of all. Father, we just Mm. thank you for health, Mm. emotional health, as we just heard, of joy, of vision, I pray for every man that's struggling inwardly and really just thinking about stopping his ministry and pulling the plug and giving up. I pray, Lord God, they would get a new vision of the promised land. They would see that what grace has provided, faith must conquer. And the promised land was there well before they said, let us go in and take the land. I pray for a spirit of possession to come upon these men and women who are listening, that their hamlet or township or city or region, they cannot be comfortable with the number of people saved or the number of campuses or churches that are in that area. For the bar rooms are full and the hospitals are full and the gambling casinos are full. and The lost are there on every corner. I pray, Lord, for a holy sense in every man and woman listening to this of satisfied dissatisfaction. They're thankful, Lord, for what you have given them and the souls that they pastor. But Lord God, put inside of them a fire to reach the next generation and the youngest generation and the internet generation and the older generation. Put a fire inside of them, Lord, a new vision going forward here in 2022, and a vision for 2023 of growth. Let their goals be set high and realistically to know that they must change the parameters of how they invite and how they bring people to their location. Those that do not have a building and are portable, I pray, Lord, you would provide a building, a stable place where even people that that look at real estate before they go to a church would say i'll not be inhibited to go to that church they now have their own location i pray for the down payments i pray for the tithing members i pray for courage to speak about giving i pray for prayer meetings led by the pastor Mm -hmm. where he's prayed and prepared and heard a word i pray lord god your spirit would enlarge their habitation lengthen their cords and strengthen their stakes as isaiah said inwardly and outwardly. Get them out of their tent like Abraham and let them look at the stars and begin to count the faces of their new congregation before they ever arrive. And Lord, we thank you for Pastor Joachim and his work in Sweden and all that you have done there for Pastor Jonathan and Bethany and Pastor Wayne and the courage and the unity and the expansion of this ministry. And we pray Lay your hand on every listener yes, right Lord. now, yes, Lord. and let them feel a touch of God from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, and be re-energized mm. in their morning prayer life. In the fourth watch of three to six a.m., let them find you, and Lord, speak to them a word about the growth of their church. We bless them with the blessing of Jabez that the Lord bless you indeed and enlarge mm. your territory to above a hundred. The Lord keep you and guide you, and the Lord deliver you from evil. And, Lord, we bless each leader in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. I feel the presence of God in here. Hey, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it, and I believe that God is going to speak to some pastors, and I believe they're going to be blessed by it. Hey, I want to encourage you to continue to listen to Bethany All Access Leadership Podcast, and there are going to be more great things to come. Thank you again. Thank you so I mean, much. Bye.
2: Thank you.